Blog Talk Radio. to try to get it back on track again. And 
I think we've got it back on track again. Uh, anyways, George Wilder Jr. Show. We This is the first show of 2020, actually. And I've been on the air for about five years. It's five, six years if you count, if you count 2020. Um, and, and it's been great. It's been beautiful. It's been wonderful. I've, I've had uh, so much fun doing this show, and I love doing this show, and I knew I couldn't stay away too long. Uh, life gets in the way. I mean, every aspect of life gets in the way, and you have to slow down. You have to stop. You have to try to put things, the pieces that come apart, you got to try to glue them back together, or paste them back together, and try to get on with what makes you happy. Excuse me. To try to get on with what makes you happy. And majority of the show uh, uh, last year and beyond was about Trump. It, it's always about Trump. I'm so sick of talking about Donald Trump. This guy, whether it's positive or negative about him, Donald Trump loves for you to talk about him. If he feels that your name is coming, if his name is coming out of your mouth, he does. Uh, but, you know, this guy is the president of the world. He's the worst president ever. And I've said that many, many, many times on this show. You can always find this show on iTunes. It's out there. iHeartRadio. Just research my name, George Wilder Jr. Some stuff will come up. Stuff comes up about me that I don't even know. <laughs> Who said this? That was so wrong. But stuff comes up uh, about me. Some of it's maybe true. Some of it's the majority of it's not. So, uh, I'm still writing. I love writing, and uh, we're going to keep doing that. I'm going to have a lot of writers on my show. Uh, we're going to book a lot of people to be on the show. Uh, writers, I mean, whatever field of writing you're writing in, whether you're writing books, short stories, screenplays, commercials, TV, or whatever you're doing, movies, you can talk about that on this show because, uh, you know, uh, people love the show. There's no doubt about it. Some people may not say it, but you know, we love the George Wilder Jr. show. Where did he go? I'm nowhere. I'm right here. Aging, but I'm right here. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun and a great talk show. I'm reading something on the, uh, on, on the uh, Mark, Marquee. Can we call it the Marquee? Okay, Marquee. And the George Wilder Jr. show is back. And we are back. I am back. And I'm so happy to be back. And I put myself among all the great talk show hosts. And if I, if there was a category on here that says politics. It's not politics. It's about anything and everything that I choose to talk about on my own show, using my own dollar. <laughs> so it's not always uh, politics. So we're going to change that. And... Um, Hey, I can always, I, I mean, I got these, uh, I got Facebook, Twitter, um, what is that, a little Facebook, Twitter, something on here that says, you got to find out what that means, Facebook, Twitter, and some other things, it, basically social media, so the social media, uh, social media, I got thousands, gazillions of friends that I got to try to say, hey, come back to the show, George Wilder Jr. is back, he is back on the air. And you know you love the show. I love it. You know, people ask me, do you listen to your old shows? I done done about them. How many have we done? We done done about 600 shows, more, over 600 shows. And I have some people, not everybody, but some people ask me, which is my favorite show? I don't have a favorite show. And some people may ask, do I listen to my old shows? No, I do not. I <laughs> 
I may, if I listen to it, I'll listen to the show if someone calls me and they say, well, George, something is, something is wrong about your show. You're not sounding right. I'll go check it out. But I'm not going to sit there and listen to it for an hour and a half. I, they're all good. Uh, do I, you know, have a favorite show? No. I like them all. I think every show that I've done um, has something different about it, especially the people. Meeting the people is just awesome. Uh, talking to all these great people, these authors and, and entrepreneurs, young people, and people listening and having people calling into the show and say, hey, George, we're, we enjoy your show. My mother enjoys your show. My kid enjoys your show. That is just so, so, um, makes me want to just keep doing it. Because it's fun. It really is fun. And a lot of times I do the show to get things off my shoulder. And and I have to say this. I believe that I um I, I believe that I've learned a lot from the people, from the guests that were on the show. And I hope to learn a lot more from future guests to be on the show. I haven't lined anybody up yet because this is my first day. I have to get a feel for it. Then maybe next week or the week after, we're going to have some guests. I'm going to go out to people. They're going to come after me, and we're going to try to line these people up on my show and uh, and go for it. And I'm, I'm not doing it for money because if I was doing it for money, <laughs> well, anyway, you know how that goes. I'm not doing it for money. I'm not asking you for anything. It's just asking that everybody have a good time when they come on the show, when they listen to the show. And uh, I'm not even asking you to listen to it. I mean, hey, check it out for yourself, and you decide if you want to listen or not. Because I'm getting nothing for it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I love doing it. And I think every, and I'm not a disc jockey. I'm just a radio talk show host, George Wilder Jr. Show. And uh, I got a lot of music here. And uh, we will be right back. I'm Keith Olbermann. Yet more bad news this week for the... Uh...
Yes, you do. The George Wilder Jr. Show is back. And the talk, you know, you, you really can't get around all the talk about the uh, virus uh, that's uh, going on around. Uh, this this is a, this is not a joke. It's not a hoax, as Dumbo uh, said it was. Uh, it's not Obama's fault. He's always, as you know, and he's always trying to blame things on Obama. I'm stuttering, uh, but this is this is some serious stuff. Uh, there are now over 92,000 global cases with infections in more than 70 countries and territories around the world. This is not a hoax. Uh, Trump is, I believe he's backed off the hoax, but he could have doubled down on it. But this is not a hoax. This is serious. Even myself, I'm trying to stay away from as many people as I can that I don't know. Oh, we don't need to shake a hand right now, okay? And a lot of the events around the country, annual events have been uh, canceled because of it. And this is some serious stuff, folks. This is not a joke, as you know. Uh, I'm on the air right now. I'm pretty sure some people who are listening or will be listening have uh, have you know, known somebody or is uh, affected with this uh, disease. I think it's called a coronavirus, if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm trying to break it up in syllables. <laughs> I can try to get it right. You know, if I don't get it right, then I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about because the whole world, the entire world has heard of this. The entire world has heard of this. Coronavirus. Um, you know, I mean, it, this is some serious stuff. You know, I'm hearing there's uh, three or four cases of it in the city that I'm broadcasting from, which is Chicago. And uh, New York confirms five new cases of the coronavirus. I have to get used to saying it, folks. Um, But it's serious. I mean, it's serious. Um, Alex Trebek, uh, there's an update on his uh, cancer uh, status diagnosis. And uh, I don't. I have a feeling he's not going to be around long, you know. And uh, he knows it. So when you're in that type of a cancer, the best thing you can do is get your life in order because it's coming, you know. And uh, and I've always tell people all the time, even some of the guests on my show, that never be afraid of dying. Never be afraid to die because it's going to happen. We live, we die. You know, so the only thing I, I am, I'm afraid of is very old age, where I'm always aching, my knees is hurting, my back. You don't want to go out suffering. You know, you, you don't want to go out doing that kind of thing. Anyway, Chief John Justice, Chief John Roberts, getting in, getting on Chuck Schumer for the comments he made about Kavanaugh and Gorchier. But John Roberts, I mean, this guy set like a, like a, I want to curse. I've been doing that <laughs> a while on the show, but I'm going to try to steer away from it if I can. But if it comes out, it just comes out. Uh, John Roberts, I mean, when this Senate trial, uh, Trump's impeachment, which was a joke, no trial at all. I agree with Nancy Pelosi. It was no trial. He sat there like a, like a 
rock and let the Republicans get away with all the lies and, and just BS and then final acquittal. I'm with Nancy. There was no acquittal because there was no trial. There was no trial. So how could there be a acquittal? But the Republicans, the douchebags, they say we're wrong, that it was a trial. It was no trial. It was no trial. Anyway, I'm I'm looking at the computer here, and then I'm seeing cases about the coronavirus, the coronavirus, sorry, uh, popping up all over the place. And uh, I think this is more so the number one talk there is about this virus than you know than uh, Joe Biden winning all these uh, primaries. I mean, I think he don't want ten states so far. And I know Trump has to be quaking in his underwear. And another thing I don't understand, the Republicans, they don't have anybody out there challenging Trump. They don't have any primaries. So how is he going to get delegates? I mean, that's what primaries are about, getting delegates, at least in the presidential uh, uh, category, I mean, primaries. It's all about delegates. He has no delegates. He, every time someone wins a state and Trump doesn't win, he doesn't get any delegates. I guess I guess Trump is just going to, you know, uh, get out there and just, he just, Trump is out there just running for president. He, he's not going to, he, he's not going to do all the traditional things it takes to run for president besides lots of money. You gotta have a, a, a staff. You gotta have an organization. You gotta have something behind you. You gotta have people working for you on the streets. Trump has none of that. I'm hearing he gave away his salary. Was it $100,000? Give me a break. Trump and the Republicans think we're stupid. They think we are totally, totally. But they're going to find out we're not stupid. The only way Trump can win the 2020 election, he has to have help from Russia, some, uh, other countries, to, to uh, interfere in the election like he did in 2016. Like he did in 2016. No doubt about it. And I don't know how this man keeps uh, disparaging the Department of Justice, the FBI. I've said this many times, and I've said this on social media. Donald Trump is not running to get reelected. Donald Trump is running not to go to prison. Because once he loses the 2020 election or any election, he becomes an ordinary citizen, it's going to be so many indictments up his ass, it's going to be horrible. Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. The minute he loses this election in November, on November, uh, I believe it's November 3rd, 2020, the handcuffs are going to be slapped around his wrist. He's going straight to fucking jail. And he knows it. He's not running to be elected. He's running to stay out of jail because right now and all the time, 
the um, being president protected him. Uh, they, uh, the Department of Justice has some sort of uh, stain on the books that says, I'm, I said stain, yeah, because I don't believe in it at all. Some kind of stain on the books that said he, because he's a sitting president, he cannot be indicted. Therefore, nobody's touching him. Nobody's touching his family. But once he loses this election, the handcuffs are going to come out for all of those crazy, idiotic people who stole the White House back in 2016. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show, folks, and we are glad to be back on the air. And the coronavirus is the number one topic uh, around the world. Now, Donald Trump family. Yeah, I, I think it was Ivanka Trump. She was saying that the American people should give should give give her father another uh, uh, term. She was begging. I mean, the statement says that she was begging the American people to give him, and what she was begging for us to keep him out of prison. That's what she was begging because she knows, and Donald Trump Jr. that idiot, they all know. They are going to go to prison. The senators, the Republican senators, after Trump loses and become a, a, a citizen, uh, they know that they can't do anything to help him. He's out. He's out of there. Trump is running to stay out of prison, more so than just running to become president. But if you think about it, nobody, majority of the people in the United States do not like Donald Trump. Majority of people, majority of people around the world can't stand Donald Trump. And he knows it. He, you know, he knows it, but he will not resign. He can't resign. He's not going to resign for two reasons. I've said this for the last two years. Two reasons he will not resign. He loves power. And he will go to jail. Those two reasons. He loves power, and he does. He does. He knows. I, I have a feeling when Trump um, loses this election, and he will lose unless Russia, some other countries, play a big part in him winning. He will. And he knows it. And he can see the tea leaves already. Trump needs help. He needs help winning to win, and he knows it. But we don't know who he's on the when he's in the Oval Office, the White House, and on the phone. We don't know who he's talking to. He could be talking to Russia. He could be talking to Ukraine. He could be talking to China about interfering in the election. Some of the Democrats know for sure that Trump is going to interfere in the election. Trump is going to interfere in the election. He's not afraid to let us know that he's going to interfere in the election. You come out and say, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to interfere. I want to win. I want to be president for life. Of course he's going to interfere with the election. That's why I've been trying to tell people for the longest, especially state, paper ballots should be the way to go. And I'm so, you know, kind of, uh, I'm kind of, 
proud to say that a lot of states are reverting back to paper balance. And there are some states that are actually going to try and keep Trump off the ballot. Uh, and that's a good thing because you, there's no doubt about it that Trump and his goons, Trump and his goons are going to go for massive voter suppression. They're going to try to find out every way they can to keep you from voting. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. They're going to try to keep you from voting. And this is uh, one of the other things he's going to go to prison for. Obstruction of justice, uh, tampering with witnesses, hiding and proof, hiding and refusing to provide documents, witnesses. He's going to go to jail for all of that. That will not be forgotten after this election. After this election. We have to be um, vigilant and know what to expect so we can put a stop to it. You see this clown Mitch McConnell, he's not he's not gonna fund election safety because they want they want the cheating. They're bought off by Russia. Now, I don't know how anybody with any sense and uh, and a good mind could ever vote for a Republican. You voted for them once, you should not vote for them again. It is just not worth it. It's not worth it. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I see we got a lot of these uh, old clips up here. We're going to have to change those, update those with something that, um, you know, bring, bring it more into the, you know, 2020. We're going to do that. We're going to do a lot of this stuff. We got a lot of um, music on there, so that's what we're gonna do. We got Van Jones and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ever since Trump been in the office, there's been nothing but controversy, lie after lie after lie, and then more lies. And uh, and more lies coming. And like I said before, the, the of the show, this is not about Trump, it's about America. But Trump is one of the people who, um, along with his Republicans, they're trying to destroy America and saying that it's good for America. <laughs> trying to destroy America and saying that it's good for America. These guys are just something else. Here is George Carlin, one of my favorite, favorite comedians. One of my favorite comedians. Let's see if we can find that. Because George George has been gone for a long time, but his comedy is just off the hook. His comedy is off the hook. Let's see, can we find George? I'm so elated to be back on um, the radio or the internet radio, or some people are calling it a podcast. I never call it. A podcast. Um, I just think of it as a radio show. That's what I think of. And I'm glad to be back, folks. We're going to take a musical break.
the days would all be empty. The nights would seem so long. With you I see forever, oh so clearly. I might have been in love before, but it never felt this strong. Our dreams are young and we both know they'll take us where we want to go. Hold me now, touch me now. guiding star I'll be there for you if you should need me you don't have to change a thing I love you just the way you are so come with me and share the view I'll help you see forever too hold me now touch me now I don't want My love for you Criticizing Supreme Court justices. Man, this guy is. I don't know. It's just. 
is just so beyond me and beyond everything else. This guy is nuts. Trump is insane. This guy, wow, this guy, Trump, uh, Schumer, uh, they're trying to dis, I, I, I don't have the all the information on it. But anyway, uh, Trump is, this man is just awful. He's awful. As as people know, Trump suggests Truman should be arrested or impeached for criticizing his Supreme Court justices. Yikes. 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 On Wednesday, President Donald Trump lashed out at Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat, for criticizing his Supreme Court appointees, Neil Gorsuch and Brad Kavanaugh, and suggests that the Republicans that a Republican doing the same thing would be arrested. This man is crazy. He, he's trying to get votes. He's and he's doing everything and backwards and. And, and his only hope is that these people fall in line. He knows he's got Trump is evidently forgetting that he, he himself launched a vicious attack on justices, Justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor just a week before. He doesn't care. Trump doesn't give a fuck. He just does not care. He can do it, but nobody else can do it. See what else is what else is here. Thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Whether you're listening now or listen later, Sarah Sanders gets fact checked live on Fox News for claiming Dems turnaround is significantly lower on Super Tuesday. He's another liar. He, she's ever since she was giving those press conferences, uh, she lied to her teeth. Trump got rid of her. Got rid of the uh, morning briefings at the White House. Because they just couldn't stand the reporters bringing up the truth. Trump's germaphobe tweet met with gifts of Mike Pence wiping his nose before shaking hands. Mm, simple son Eric Trump tries to smear Joe Biden and it backfires. <laughs> they always trying to. They are awful. This is what we got to work for, folks. Okay, who is this? Simone Sanders and Dr. Jill Biden take down and oh yeah, did you see that? Jill Biden, I mean, she takes down a protester who charges the stage and tries to get her husband. She's protecting her. That's the kind of woman I want. Somebody's gonna protect me uh, if someone else tries to hurt me. And um, <laughs> she gets a medal for that. Schumer was delivering a speech against an anti-abortion case that received oral arguments earlier in the day, warning Gershop and Kavanaugh that they would pay the price for ruling against women's rights, by which he meant they would cost the Republicans at the ballot box and erode public opinion in court. Many GOP pundits, however, have basically claimed that this was a threat against the justices. It was not. It was not. It was not a threat. The Republicans are trying to win, um, stay in office and trying to win, and they lie through their fucking teeth. Excuse me, folks. 
but this is just so crazy. They lie through their fucking teeth, and and uh, it, it's just awful. We have to get them out of here. You know, I mean, you've got so many Republicans now have turned Democrat or or have turned independent, but they, these assholes, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care about losing Republicans to the Democratic Party. They're going to keep lying and keep lying and keep lying. This is why I say once we vote these people out in November, November is a long way away. <laughs> from March. This is March. Uh, March 2020. Um, November is a long way away, and Trump and the Republicans are going to be lying and destroying America as much as they can because they're doing it in the name of Russia. Of Russia. Yikes, this is crazy. This is crazy. But you know what, folks? We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. You better believe we're going to get through it. We're gonna get we're gonna get out of this. And sometimes it seems impossible because um there is a weight. It's 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 a mess. And I tried my best to say this show is not about Trump or anything, but you know, it it's but you gotta uh this show is about making the world a better place, so you have to kinda Mention those things um, uh, in hopes that people will see what's going on and enlighten people. But a lot of people are already enlightened. Some of them don't tell me what's going on, and I'm trying to tell them what's going on. But anyway, the George Wilder Jr. Show is back on the air, and it is better than ever. I'm thinking. Once I get it up and running, once I get this show um, on the on the men, because it, it's on the men, and uh, once it's on the men, it's going to be televised show. Let's see if we can find something here that um, oh yes, yeah, a lot of stuff on here about Trump, but these are old, these are old, and. Um, we're looking at clips here now. We're looking at the clips and see if we can do something about that. According to a bombshell new report from the Washington Post, Donald Trump has actually been asking his advisors and his legal team about his pardoning powers regarding himself, his family. You are on the committee to investigate Russia, uh, representing Hollywood on that committee. Your thoughts at the end of one year and.
they don't know what they're doing. They're they're playing checkers with this thing. They don't Trump. And Trump really don't care. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't really care about it. He he would rather be uh, trying to cut programs for the elderly, for children, food stamps have been cut in some cases, and a lot of these other budget items. Anything that, that's budgetary, he can cut. But he cannot cut Social Security. That has to that that has to be legislatively done. He cannot just sign some sign something and put his signature on something and that's the end of it. Not at least not with Social Security. So uh the only way the Republicans can cut Social Security is that Donald Trump wins in twenty twenty and the Republicans win the uh House of Representatives. Now, the Republicans win the House of Representatives and they keep the Senate and Donald Trump is reelected, they can get rid of Social Security. But that is so remotely unlikely. Let's say if Donald Trump does win, somehow uh, these these countries meddle in in our elections and Donald Trump wins. But he loses the Senate and the uh, House of Representatives stay blue, stay Democratic. He can be impeached if he wins, and if the House goes, and if the Senate, and if the House goes, not the House, but the Senate. If the Senate goes to the Democrats, and the House, and the Democrats keep the House, both of those chambers become blue, and Donald Trump's is uh, reelected. They, he will be impeached. This time, he will be thrown out on his stupid ass. He will be impeached. So it's, so we've got a lot of scenarios here. If he doesn't win, if he, if he loses to Joe Biden, the moment he loses, the moment it's projected that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, it come the handcuffs. For Donald Trump and his family, they're saying that if Donald Trump loses the 2020 election, he may have to be dragged out on his ass because he doesn't want to leave. He loves power. And I have a feeling that once Donald Trump loses the presidential election, he's going to be a true failure. Once he loses, He's going to lose everything because there are so many lawsuits in New York and around and around America up his ass. He's going to lose it all. Right now, the Justice Department is not letting anybody touch Trump, anybody touch Trump's family. But once this thing is all over, he is voted out. Bring in the leg irons. Drag his ass out of our White House. Get him out. This guy is just so, so unfit. You are on the committee to investigate Russia. 
uh, representing Hollywood on that committee. Your thoughts at the end of one year and where we are as we've watched this week Rudy Giuliani and others say not only that the investigation is illegitimate but that when its findings are presented he will in fact and the White House will in fact tear it to shreds. Well, I mean, we're, you know, this is breakneck speed for uh, an investigation of this magnitude. We've never seen anything like this. We have a foreign power uh, basically trying to undermine our democracy and the possibility that uh, uh, the president of the United States is in uh, a conspiracy with that foreign power. This has never happened before in this country, and you can see why the other side is, is, is putting out a full court press, because... Uh, they know that what's coming down the pike conceivably is the biggest scandal in American history. And we are fighting right now for the soul of our democracy. And I, I want to say one thing about what's happening uh, in terms of the media. We can get into shock and awe, which is all about the, you know, uh, the free press and the attack on the free press and how difficult it is to get the truth out. If you guys look at your specific uh, ads that you have for your network, there are two ads that you run which basically focus on the importance of a free and independent media and a free press. We're on, you're under attack, the press is under attack, and right now if you remove the ability to get the truth out, then you're going to have uh, the destruction of democracy. We don't have any more uh, – there's no checks and balances from, coming from the Congress. Right now the courts are holding. But this is the first time in American history where you have a state-run television, Fox, uh, Breitbart, uh, Sinclair, and Alex Jones, aligned with the President of the United States. That's very, very tough. The battle lines have been drawn, and we're going to see whether or not democracy survives. Rob, you know more than just about anyone about storytelling, and I wonder if you can sort of, I, I know you know a lot of the granular details of the story about Russia's role in meddling in 2016, but I wonder just as storytellers, if the coalition you just listed, the President of the United States, his lemmings in, in the House, uh, Republican uh, Freedom Caucus, who are doing his bidding, basically waging a war against the Trump appointee-led Justice Department FBI, the network you just listed, are they doing a better job telling what is a false story than the truth-tellers are doing? No. The truth-tellers are telling the better story. The problem is that when you've got 40% of the country that is only tuned in to the lies, and they are cemented, it's, very, it's going to be very hard for the truth to break through when uh, all of the information comes out. You have to understand, this is a counterintelligence uh, investigation. These things normally take years and years to unfold. We're seeing uh, Bob Mueller uh, uh, work at breakneck speed. I mean, he's gotten, like you say, all these indictments and guilty pleas, and this is all within a period of a year. When you compare it to uh, Benghazi, four years, the Clinton investigation that eventually wound up with, uh, with an impeachment was six years. So uh, this is what polls show a majority of Americans disapprove of Donald Trump's performance as president, while Republicans are more loyal to him right now than any president's own party unity since the GOP rallied around Bush after 9-11. My next guest worked many Republican campaigns but opposes Trump's uh, policies and left the party over them. That's political strategist Steve Schmidt, who joins me in a moment. Now, Donald Trump not only polarizes people's feelings, he polarizes 
the very perception of reality out there, and he knows it. Consider Trump today in Kansas City warning people if they don't see the economy improving with their own eyes, it's because what they see is not real. This country is doing better than it's ever done before economically, but it's all working out. And just remember, what you're seeing and what you're reading is not what's happening. While many politicians, of course, cherry-pick information, Trump's blatant request that people ignore their own eyes could literally be ripped from George Orwell's famous dystopian novel, 1984, which cast partisan censorship of truth as the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. Now, liberals have long attacked Trump as bad for working people, a con man who ran on populism but governed for the 1%, a kind of a policy thief. Another critique is that Trump is actually challenging something more valuable than property, our sense of reality itself. Consider another dystopian writer, Curtis Jackson, who said, hate a liar more than I hate a thief. A thief is only after my salary. A liar is after my reality. In fact, in that same song, there is another axiom, quote, here's a jewel, love your enemies and hate your friends. Your enemies remain the same. Friends always change. And some of the friends who know Trump best are changing. Michael Cohen, Rick Gates, Mike Flynn. Meanwhile, Trump's wider cast of political friends, if you want to call them that, Republicans who've never met him around the country, they're standing strong tonight and appear down with his reality. I'm joined by Steve Schmidt. Uh, Steve, what do you think Trump is doing, and is he aware to some degree that denying the publicly reported reality is key to his reelection? Of course, Ari, you talked about 1984. There's the famous scene at the end of the book where Winston is being tortured, and the party official is holding up four fingers and says to Winston, How many fingers am I holding up? And Winston, being tortured in tears, says, I only see four. I see four. And the party official says, it could be three or it could be five. It's what the party tells you it is. And so it's not just that Trump is assaulting objective truth. This is a political strategy. This is about a demand for obedience. This is the transformation of a smaller Republican Party into a cult of personality, where what the leader says is true is true. What the leader feels to be true is true. And if you can subordinate reality at the command of a political leader, you are no longer functionally living in a democracy, whether it's inside the United States or not. For a faction of this country, they have surrendered their sovereignty, their intellectual autonomy to Donald Trump. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I can't explain why if you were to join a cult, why he would be the cult leader that you would line up and follow. That, that being said, though, when you're able to convince somebody what is certainly true is not, when you can embrace the big lie with the same type of effectiveness that fascist movements used it, that Hitler used it, that Mussolini used it, that Soviets used it, then you are well on your way to doing grave and lasting damage to the fundamental institutional pillars of a democratic mm. republic like the United States. And this president does not stand accused uh, of the conduct of some of those regimes, but with regard to the information there, the propaganda efforts, this seems to be where uh, Trump's approach and his insistence 
that things that are true are false relates to the way he's uh, allegedly abusing the powers of the executive to control who has access to information to legitimize who can speak about national security and who can't, which dovetails back uh, with the security clearance story. For your reaction, take a look at Sarah Sanders on that. Is Russia still targeting the U.S., Mr. President? Thank Correct. You Let's go. Make your way out. No, no, no. You had a chance to speak with the president after uh, his comments, and the president was said thank you very much and was saying no to answering questions. The president is exploring these mechanisms to resume, uh, remove security clearance because they've politicized and in some cases actually monetized their public service and their security clearances and making baseless accusations of improper contact with Russia or being influenced by Russia against the president is extremely inappropriate. Steve. Ari, it's not just that there's no other spokesperson for the executive seat of power in a democratic republic anywhere in the world where you see that type of lying. It's that there has never been a spokesperson for the executive seat in power who is such a prolific liar as Sarah Sanders. She is straight out of Baghdad, Bob. Uh, it, it's truly remarkable the magnitude of her daily, her daily lying. But look, this is all part of a political strategy, and I've talked about it before. Trump uses mass rallies and constant lying to incite fervor in a political base. Two, he scapegoats minority populations and casts them to be blamed for every problem in the world. Three, he allows for his supporters to feel victimized, to feel victimized by the scapegoated populations. Everyone is a victim in Trump nation by design. It's part of the fuel. Uh, the last thing is the conspiracy, the coordination of the conspiracy between the deep state, the nefarious sources, the people when he talked about, for example, uh, Clapper, someone got to him yesterday. And then lastly, the assertion that Trump is above the law by Trump himself, that Trump defines what is reality, that Trump defines what's truth, and that Trump asserts heretofore unasserted un, 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 un powers for the executive in the United States that, that have never been asserted in history before. I mean, these five things are happening. They're happening on a daily basis. The assault on the press, on the free media. We still have a First Amendment in this country, but he is as hostile to the free media as any president has ever been and any president could conceivably be in the United States. And so all of... Bye.
Father Bruce Show on Blog Talk Radio, WTTY. I very seldom use those call letters. I, I got to get back to use the saying them. And uh, it's great to be back on internet radio, internet, because this thing is all around the world. And it, it just sends goose pimples down my spine when I see and know that people are listening all around the world. You know, and that's a, I mean, a lot of people listen. They don't call in. They don't, but they just listen. And that's, that's uh, really great to know. And uh, it really is. It's really, it's the George Wander Jr. Show. You know, I'm a writer. I'm a screenwriter. Yeah, I'm a screenwriter. I love to write movies. I, um, and I love to promote myself on my own show. Okay. So <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen right now me promoting myself. I mean, who else is going to promote me? Who else is going to talk about me? Not a few people, but let me talk about myself. That way you can, you'll get the uh, truth. Truth uh, will set you free, as they say and used to say. Uh, yeah, I'm a screenwriter. I'm, a, I'm also, I write novels, short stories. I've won awards. They came with no check. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's fun. And everything I do is is, is Fun. And and writing screenplays, writing short stories, writing books, period, is so much fun. And I don't think about the income coming from any of this because, you know, if I did, I'd be disappointed. But it's just fun. It just gives you something to do, and it's just, it's just fun. What can I say? And I, I can say this. If I'm having fun with what I'm doing, when you read it, or you hear about it, or you see it, you're going to have fun, too. And I think that's what a lot of writers uh, uh, should do when they work. They should uh, have fun doing it. Because screenwriting, I mean, when you're writing a movie, that's hard work. For me, personally, it's hard work, but it's very enjoyable. Getting that 90 to 120 pages is rough, <laughs> especially uh, when you're working from a short story, because a lot of times my short stories are no more than either 60 pages long. But when I'm writing a screenplay for that particular story, I have to stretch it. I have to stretch it to, to meet industry standards, as they would say. And then I have seen or heard of screenplays being 30 pages, 40 pages, 60 pages. But most people, when they want to see a screenplay, it's gonna they, they want to see uh, at least 90 to 120, 120 pages. Uh, uh, that's what they want, 90 to. And I try to give them that, but you know, it, it's. And then you can do if if you don't have a great screenplay, a readable screenplay. You're going to be wasting your time writing on 20 pages. You have to know how to do it. It's it's fairly easy. I mean, you don't have to go to screen, a screenwriting class to learn how to do, uh, write a screenplay, but a lot of people do. Never win. You know, because I don't think it's that difficult. I think it's elementary, but a lot of people don't know how to do it, and a lot of people want to do it, so there's people out there that's going to charge you for it. And, uh, since I've been a screenwriter, I've uh, seen a lot of things online that trying to that want you to join their their web page or their company or want you to join what they're doing and then they want to charge you. Uh, 
a lot of money to do something that you can do without paying for it. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I just love it to death. And right now, you know, I'm collaborating with a few people on getting this stuff uh, seen, made, and sold. And it's fun. It really is fun, but it's disappointing. Uh, This is what I try to tell every writer. Don't write something and and put it in the bottom of the drawer. Don't show it to anybody. Just let it sit there. Don't do that. You're wasting your time as a writer. When When you write something, show it to the world. You got this internet. You got cyberspace. You got all these websites, you got all the social media, show your work to the world. And if it's not really up to par, you're going to get a lot of people, you're going to get a lot of criticism. And a lot of that criticism is going to be constructive criticism. That's what you want, constructive criticism. But don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Oh, these people are everywhere. You can't do that because you've never done it before. You can't do that because you don't have the talent to do that. You can't do that. They're not going to let you do that. They, There are a lot of naysayers out there. I, I, Even this day, to this day, I have. Oh, George, you can't do that. George, you, don't, you, you really can't do that. What the hell do you mean telling me what I can't do? Most of the time, when people tell me something that I can't do, that just motivates me more to do it. And guess what? I do it and I'm successful. If somebody tells you that you can't do something, when you know that you can, ignore them. Majority of the time, when people are telling you you can't do something, It's because they're not doing a damn thing themselves, and they don't want to see you get anywhere. And I've heard tons and tons of people say the same thing, that when they went to try to do something or wanted to do something, there were people everywhere coming from, you know, from out of the woodwork, telling them that they can't do something that they know they can't do. Um. Sometimes this kind of bad advice and bad advice come from people in your own family, your best friends, or people are just out, your coworkers, people who aren't doing anything themselves, and they don't want to see you be created. They don't want to see you go anyplace. They don't want to see you enhance your life because they're not worth a damn. So never, ever tell someone Never, ever let someone tell you that you can't do it. Even if you've never done it before, never let tell you that you cannot do something that you know you can do, even if you haven't done it before. I've I've, I've had people tell me, well, George, you can't direct a movie. You can't do that because you've never done it before. I know that I can direct a movie. It's nothing to directing a movie. Anybody can direct a movie. It doesn't matter if you know how to do it. You could be 
a first-time director of a movie and be a hit. So you never done it before. Look at Steven Spielberg. Before he was a director, he never directed before. He directed and he was successful at it. I think his first movie was Duel, D-U-E-L. And then he had a uh, a blockbuster movie after that called Jaws. And I'm pretty sure there were people telling him he couldn't do it. People telling Arnold Schwarzenegger that he could not do it. And look at him, highest paid. At one time, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Never, ever let someone tell you that you cannot. I mean, this is my pet peeve because, you know, I have been at the end of it. But, George, you can't do that. You can't do that. You've never done that before. But I can. I think I can. But you can. You've never done it before. Hey, but there's a first time for everything. Just because you've never done it before doesn't mean you can't do it. There's the naysayers out there. The majority of those naysayers are people who are not about anything themselves trying to tell you what you can't do when you know that you can. Always have, if you have the talent for something, you have the dream for something, you want to do it, go out there and do it. If you want to learn, go to school, uh, be a part of a class or something, take an acting class, take a directing class, take a screenwriting class, because these are things you want to do, do it. Do not let your best friend, your sister, your brother, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, your cousin, your coworker, the people who are always around you and with you tell you that you can't do it. I've had so many people contact me on social media saying that uh, my boyfriend said that I can't do it, that it, it, it's just a hobby. When somebody says something, uh, call something that you do a hobby and you don't think it's a hobby, that's their subtle way of putting you down. That's their subtle way of saying, you can't do it, sweetheart. Get away from that person and go out there and do it. Stay away from the naysayers, the negative people. Get them out of your life. Because if you don't get those negative people out of your life, they're going to bring you down. And you may never be able to get back up again. You have to get negative people out of your mind, no matter what you want to do in life. If they're not with you, if, if, if they're not supportive, if they keep telling you that you can't do it, you shouldn't do it, and they themselves try their best to bring you down, get them out of your life. Okay, something just popped up on my computer. It says Trump's ploy to trick Democrats into letting him pick the nominee is failing. <laughs> yeah, Trump. Donald Trump is trying to interfere in the Democratic primaries. He's trying to interfere with that because he wants to interfere in everything. Everything he wants to interfere in. And he thinks all of this interfering and things he has no business interfering in is going to get him votes. The man is nuts. The man is crazy. The man is just all the way insane. And we need a new president. We've got to have a new president. This guy is, is just not. <laughs> he doesn't. He's short of a six-pack or something that they used to say. Yep. And this is, um, this is just not right. Maxine. 
So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Donald Trump shocked even his harshest critics with his submission to Vladimir Putin this week, likely including my next guest. And joining me now for your moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. And Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So were you, I think much of the country was surprised to actually see Donald Trump in action with Vladimir Putin and how submissive he was in public. What did you make of what, what happened in Helsinki? Well, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I have for months uh, been trying to tell the American public and everybody else that this president is dangerous, uh, that he's in bed with Putin. Uh, someone said he wants to be like him, whatever. He will never, never condemn him uh, because of the relationship that they have. This didn't just start. This started a long time uh, before he was ever elected. Don't forget. This president cannot borrow money in the United States from any bank. This president is looking at Russia for his new money financial playground. He and all of his allies that I have told you are the Kremlin clan, uh, have been involved with Russia. When you name them and you think about them, why is it Manafort, Flynn, Wilbur Ross, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, all of his allies have connections with Russia, the Kremlin, and the oligarchs. This has been going on because this is their new money playground uh, that they want to develop. And the centerpiece of this is lifting the sanctions. I would wish people would focus on the sanctions. I think that's the agreement uh, that Putin had with this president in order to help him get elected. This president, I believe, has promised him that once he was elected, he would get those sanctions lifted. And you're going to watch. He's going to continue to try because Putin is saying to him, when is it going to happen? So he has a private meeting with him. We know what they talked about. I think I know what they talked about. They talked about lifting the sanctions. They talked about the upcoming elections. Uh, they talked about uh, all of the things that they could not talk about uh, in an email or on the phone. He had to go and meet with him in private so that he could talk about what he's going to do to follow through with I, what I believe is his commitment to get those sanctions lifted. Don't forget, when Tillerson was there, Tillerson was there to help get the sanctions lifted. He just couldn't put up with this president. He found this president to be so outrageous uh, that he ended up leaving, but he came to be a part of helping to get these sanctions lifted. It's worth trillions of dollars. Everybody will make some money if he can get this done. Right now, Putin's hands are tied. He cannot get the equipment or the supplies that he needs to do the work because our allies are cooperating with us. So I'm not surprised about what happened in Helsinki. I'm not surprised about the private meeting. I'm not surprised about this president standing up for 
Putin. As a matter of fact, I think he is Putin's apprentice. He's wow. been under his toolage for a long time now, and he intends to get it done. And the American people are sitting idly by. And the Republican Party should be ashamed uh, that they're allowing this to happen. Uh, they have no guts. They have no courage. They're not standing up for America. I dare them to talk about how patriotic they are, uh, given of what they're allowing this president to do. Now they're all going to send out press releases saying, oh, we don't want you to invite Putin. Well, he's going to invite him unless the Congress of the United States and the Republicans really take some serious action. How many of the Republicans are saying, I won't come to the White House. I'm going to be outside demonstrating. How many of them saying, don't invite me to any dinner. You better not have a state dinner. How many are saying that they're just saying you shouldn't and we don't want you to do it. But I want to tell you, if they don't take strong action to keep him from bringing him here, he's going to bring him here. And that Hey everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now... Hey everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest internet radio talk show and podcast in the land of Illinois on the north side of the great, great city of Chicago. We are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time.
thank you for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I hope I'm not sounding like I'm in a vacuum because I'm, I don't have a mic up to my face usually, and I don't have on any earphones. I'm just talking straight into the computer and uh, having fun doing it. Uh, I'll listen to the playback on this show, and I'll, uh, if I found out there should be some changes, I'm going to make the changes. My uh, Sometimes things, things happen, and you have to kind of <laughs> – deal with it uh, in subtle ways. And uh, anyway, uh, this is my first day back and for a long time, and I'm proud to be back and proud that you will be listening or you are listening or you uh, – any way you listen to the show, it's fine with me. You can listen to it live, listen to it after it's been podcasted and available on Live Talk Radio. And, uh, and just enjoy yourself. As you can see, if you listen to any of my shows, you can see I sound very, very um, live. I, I'm very lively and because I'm here having fun. I'm actually having fun doing it. And uh, that's why. And if I'm having fun, I know you're having fun when you're listening. I know you're having fun when you're listening. All right. A friend of mine is calling. Anyway. Thanks for listening to the show. Wherever you are in the world, no matter where you are, have a good have a good weekend, have a good day, have a good night, good evening, afternoon, what wherever you might find yourself listening to the show, have a good time and I hope to see you back here tomorrow six o'clock till seven thirty, eight o'clock, depends on how things are going. We're gonna have a lot of guests on the show, folks. We're just wrapping it up. Give me about two weeks and we're gonna have plenty of people on the show. Talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about. Bye bye. Have a good one. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Up the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kills the man who has a cross. Heaven help the fall. Heaven help the 